Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Ricky Warwick here from Black Star Writers, and you are watching CMS TV. Chris Aiken presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken. And back on the show once again, one of my favorite people because I just love his music. I am a I am a huge fan of the Electric Boys, uh, and this guy makes it easy to stay a fan because he keeps putting out great music. Brand new release. It's out September fifteenth. It is great. Grand Explotivos, and here to talk all about it is the one, the only, Mister Connie Bloom. Connie, how are you, man? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely, man. Well, like I said, it's easy when you put out good records. It's it's always difficult when I get a, a garbage record from somebody and then I have to be like, hey, glad to have you here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's this record rules, man. It's it's so so fun. And it's, this is my two second review of it, and you can correct me if any of it's wrong. Not only is it fun. But it's almost like the other side of the pendulum from where you last left us, you know, with with upside down, very dark, very, you know, very in the moment, I'm assuming for for the pandemic time. But uh, this one, very up, very fun. It's the kind of record you could just put on in your car with the windows rolled down and turn it up real loud. So I love it, man. It's great. Thank you. I'm glad you do. And and I think you just said it perfectly yourself that's the way we feel about this and and the way we feel about upside down as well uh, obviously as a songwriter you get inspired by what's going on around you and and the pandemic well i mean those times were were uh, what they were and but then uh, you know when when we started talking about making a new album and everything we were, we were all, we we had already sort of left that feel of the pandemic because things were 
getting a lot better over here and uh, and you sort of forget about that and and it made you it made us want to get back to what how things were before more than ever i guess and which which basically means to enjoy life and and have a good time while you have a chance of of doing it basically so that that inspired the songs and the lyrics and everything we we just didn't want to be feel sorry about stuff anymore <laughs> sure <laughs> i guess yeah. I, I i'm curious for you looking back at at upside down and we, and we won't spend a whole lot of time there but is there a part of you and and, and again i think it's a it was a good record but it like i said dark look for you looking back at it do you almost wish that you didn't have that record not because it's not good but because it reflects you know a dark time for you a dark time for everybody really I, to be honest with you, I actually really like that album. It's okay. a it's a different album for for being us. Uh, I don't think I realized it at the time being, but but looking back at it, I I see what you're saying about it being dark and stuff. But but the songs like uh, um, Tomlin Dominoes and the Upside Down theme and um, it's not the end and stuff like that is. To me, really great songs. So sure. I, I don't see. No, I, I'm happy we did it, and I'm sure everything leads to something else. So because of that album, we did this one. Right, right on. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, tell me a little bit about about Grand Explosivos. As far as when did you start writing it, and was there any any differences in the writing this time, or was it just kind of the next the next move? It was more kind of the next move. I mean, what usually happens, we all come up with little ideas here and there, but uh, as it turned out, I'm I'm still the main songwriter, but there's a couple of ideas from uh, on this album from um, John Le especially, I think. <laughs> and but what ha what usually happens is that uh, I start doing um, drum machine demos at home of all the songs and and that's like pretty much all the songs and then and then we listen to that and and talk about it and see what we like and what we don't like and and then we pick the ones we like take that to the rehearsal place and change them around and play you know so so it works so they work with how we how we play and how we swing when we stand up in a room playing together and then and that that's what usually becomes the album it's not like we actually say that we're gonna do a a heavier album or a more funkier album or whatever it's it's usually the songs that that uh will lead the way so okay. to speak we we just try to pick the best ones and try to make it a bit of a roller coaster ride so it's gonna be an interesting album hopefully sure how do you differentiate for yourself personally between what you bring to electric boys versus the stuff that you've put out solo because the solo stuff is different and, I, and i'm imagining there's something you hear in your head that's different is there something like that or or is it just well i've got these songs and the band's not available it's uh yeah i do it's when <laughs> when i did the first solo album i was a bit more like uh 
I was going to say confused, but I don't know what the right word is. Not really confused, but I was thinking about it a lot more. Let's put it that okay. way. Like, but but nowadays it's really obvious if I come up with an idea <coughs> where it's going to go. I, I would say to simplify it, I would say that electric boys. I see I see that as a more like a, a an arena rock band with the mm-hmm. with the big fat guitars and the and the stuff I do on my own is more related to well first of all one guitar keyboards and it's got a lot more space mm-hmm. so it's more connected to Hendrix or Cream or or the Doors or, or something like that right I, okay I I, I... As a non-musician or as a field musician, it's more me. But you know, I know I know so many musicians though start with just a riff, and a lot of times it starts on like an acoustic guitar. You know, it just comes from that. For you as a creative guy and as a writer, do you hear the big arena sound even when you're starting with an acoustic riff, or do you have to kind of do you play with it from take it to acoustic and then go to an electric guitar and see how it sounds, you know, amped up and whatnot and then say, okay, well that's, that's a bigger sound that I can use for this project. I would say 98% of the times I would hear it in my, in, in my head when I come up with it, even if it's an acoustic on an acoustic, but you know, from all these years, you know what mm-hmm. that riff is going to sound like when it's cranked up and distorted and loud and everything uh, with the big drums. So, but it's interesting with songwriting because it, it there's no rules about it. it sometimes uh, it's, it starts with a riff, like you said, that's how it used to be more mm-hmm. when I was younger. On the first albums, it was usually the riffs, some kind of riff that, that started it off. And then I would have to like work on lyrics and sometimes even I, that would get delayed. So we'd be in the studio and it's okay, it's time to sing. And I'm oh shit, I don't have the lyrics. Right. But whereas now, sometimes uh, there's a song on the album, for instance, that's um, let's go better safe than sober. That, <clears throat> that started because I came up with that line. And so it can go that way, or it could be like a melody that pops up in your head, like a, like a chorus and then you add a riff to it or whatever. so but that's the interesting thing about it you, you can there's no rules really sure how, how much input does the band the rest of the band have toward the development of the songs do they have a do they play a part in it or do you kind of flesh it all out in your head how you want it to be and then present it to the band well i mean there's a couple of songs on this album that where the riffs came from um, from Joel the drummer okay so that's what started off that and I, then I took what he had and ran with it and added some parts and, and melodies and, and and all the lyrics so that's that's one way um, that it can work but otherwise it's usually that like I said I just um, record the songs that I come up with and then we listen to them and see what can be done well it's definitely working however you're doing it is working because you're consistently making great records thanks man i i'm yeah, so we, go ahead it would be it wouldn't it would be a shame if you started doing bad records <laughs> <laughs> absolutely man well well connie one of the things that i've noticed about electric boys as an entity is 
it really seems, and maybe it's this whole 80s, 90s nostalgia thing that's going on here in the States, but it really seems like your band is resurging now. And, and I mean, not in, the, not in the way of, well, here's 10 million records sold or whatever, but just in kind of the the interest you know it's 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 weird for a lot of years didn't hear the name electric boys over here now i'm starting to hear it again a lot of it is lips and hips as i'm sure you know but you know but people are are discovering it and and independent people are playing the new records and on internet radio and some serious you know, are playing the new stuff not just lips and hips anymore what do you attribute that to do you do you think that people are just finally swinging back around to this kind of melodic hard rock. Do you think you're making better music and it's forcing people to pay attention? What do you think? Um, I, I'm sure it's a combination of a lot of things. We, first of all, we have a good um, promotion set up at the record company, Mighty Music. Right. And, um, and we're also working as hard as we can on social media as we have someone helping us out with that and and then the music um i mean everything goes in circles all the time and it's you can you can never you can never tell when you're gonna be in or out with to me i'm always in (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) nice but um yeah, I don't know and and i mean now we've been around for so long i mean and and there's a lot of like people dying from age and stuff and mm-hmm. and so it's like all of a sudden going from like some kind of funk rock or whatever we were from the beginning now it's now you're sort of like all of a sudden in the classic rock <laughs> right <laughs> uh i'm proud to be to be honest i mean sure. when people ask me what kind of music do you play that's probably what i would say I would probably put us in in that category because it explains it's kind of broad like like mm-hmm. we are and and I always saw us like a, from the beginning I always we always felt that there was a lot of um like we had stuff in common with early Aerosmith in the sense right. that there was the there was like 60s melodies sometimes and then there was the funk there was the the riffs and the the groove and there was a lot of uh, inspiration from, from different uh, records and different styles. Sure. And it's actually funny because a long time ago, I read an interview with um, one, I don't know who, if it was, I think it was Tom Hamilton. <clears throat> but he explained where they got their inspiration from. And, and it was pretty much the same records that we got the inspiration right. from. Also Aerosmith, of course. But it, it's like it. It. I was just like, oh, I'm not. I'm not surprised. We we're ending up sort of in the same sure. direction because we we we've been listening to the same sort of stuff. Right on. And, and and you know one of the, I guess I'll say unfortunate. I don't know if that's the right word or not. But one of the unfortunate things for you guys, and it happened to a few bands, not just you guys, but you guys really, you got labeled as part of the quote-unquote hair band scene you guys weren't your your music just wasn't it i, I mean unfortunately fortunately and unfortunately because it made your career but it also kind of limited your career lips and hips had the big mtv you know you had the the mtv push you had the look you know you but you didn't have the songs that matched that you, you know you guys weren't motley crew you weren't rat you had a very different more 
universal rock sound that that can live in any era when yeah. you look back at it do you wish that you would have done the same thing but maybe gone i'll throw black crows as an example where they they never really went to the look of it and they didn't get sucked into that scene where i think you guys might have got sucked into that scene somewhat yeah well i mean if we if we we would have been around and released that album 76 or something then sure. people would have compared me to ian hunter or mark boland instead right but i had the long hair I, it was curly it is curly not much i can do about it i, I wanted to look like he's richard and ronnie wood but that's pretty impossible <laughs> right so i mean it, it, it's the it's, it was the time of the hair bands as you say and we there's not much we could do about it i mean we it's it's correct what you're saying i don't have if i go through my record collection i don't i don't even i might i might not even have five oh, five wow. records from the from that era we were we were totally into 70s and 60s mm-hmm 60 stuff and then of course van halen and a lot of great bands came along sure um but um but from the beginning the all the the inspiration for everything the look the logo the was was from way before that so to right. speak i would say the only thing that wasn't was the sound because we didn't want to do like um uh lenny kravitz if if you like we didn't want to go retro like that even mm-hmm. even if we were retro in a way but we wanted a production that sounded like up to date sure so i remember making the first album and, and bringing down prince records and all sorts of uh, funk like f- funk from that that time uh Billy Idol or whatever I don't right. I don't know but just records that sounded really powerful and interesting sound wise at that time right on so it was like a combination of the roots that we brought brought into the studio but we tried to update the sound right on well it definitely worked because you guys certainly put out some good records in that era too but let's let's keep it to this era for now you have a you have a um the new album, Grand Explotivos, it's out on September 15th. You've given us a couple of videos to give people a taste. Uh, I figured what we would do is take a little break here and um, and give them a piece of Domestic Blitz, which is one of the videos. What can you tell us about this video and about this song? Well, it's basically about, you know, when you've been working nine to five and your wife or, or kids or husband is nagging at you and, <laughs> you know, everyone's screaming and everything and... Uh, come friday and all you want to do is go out and have a cold beer it's right. domestic blitz it's like uh yeah it's it's getting away from the domestic blitz that's what it is absolutely well let's get away from it right now this is domestic blitz it is electric boys right here on chris aiken presents Yeah. 
That was the Electric Boys Domestic Blitz. That was from Grand Explotivos out on September 15th. And talking about it with us here today is the great one himself, Mr. Connie Bloom. And Connie, let's dig into some of these other songs on this record because um, I love this thing. I, I've I've been playing it nonstop for the month or so that I've had it. It's It's so... It's just catchy, good rock and roll. I mean, that's really... I'd love to have all the fancy words that somebody with a thesaurus as a writer would have, but I don't have them. It's just, it's just good rock and roll, man, which is, I think, exactly what you are going for, no? That works for me, man. <laughs> well, t- let's, let's dig into a couple of the songs. Uh, first one I want to talk, talk about, which I'm assuming has some meaning to you because it's on here twice, is um, And the Band Played On. Um, tell me a little bit about that song and, and why it's featured kind of in, in the middle and then at the end of the, at the end, like the reprise or whatever. Uh, I have the lyrics here, actually. It's been a while since I looked at this. It's been, <laughs> it's been a while since this record was, was, uh, was finished, actually. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but, um, well, the thing with the music to begin with, that second part of it was in the song, but we figured it just felt like the song was pretty catchy and can had a really nice summary, nice, cool vibe about it. So it felt like that extra part was a bit like uh, too long uh, or something. Yeah, which it basically it shouldn't be there, but okay. but it was there from the beginning, and then we then we thought, uh, hang on, this could be the end of the album instead. So the it comes back in the end as as part two right okay very good it's funny that you don't remember dude it's always funny to me with with all of you guys you know by the time you get to this phase you're already moving on to the next thing and you've already probably got seven eight ideas writing for the next thing you know by the time you get to the press phase people don't realize i don't think the length of time between when you finish writing a song and then when you actually go out to promote it is a lot of times it's what six eight months right yeah yeah and this time what happened was that the record company wanted us to start releasing singles leading up to the release of the of the album so so uh, just because we've released a couple of singles and done some videos it feels like it's already out there but uh, the other day someone just reminded me that no it's not out yet (laughs) oh that's right so it's it's fun and now we're getting all these actually really good reviews coming in and it's nice to just i mean you spend so much time working on something so it's nice to just hear someone like you have some kind of opinion about it or, or express how what your um feel was when you heard it it's like it's really interesting to to get to that point because it's like as i said there's a lot of work absolutely put into an album so it will be if you just record it and put it away and then lock it into a drawer then right <laughs> that would be very anti-climax right then it's a job then it's not as fun right <laughs> yeah exactly Exactly. Well, well, Connie, the other tune I want to talk about was, um, you mentioned it before better safe than sober, which is my personal favorite on the record. It's such a, such a good track. What can you tell me about that song? Well, it is, um, (laughs) it's a song about drinking. Let's, let's be honest. (laughs) 
it's a song about maybe drinking too much, but uh, it's sort of a it's a it's a fun track to me. You could you could take it a bit more seriously if you want, but I mean it it came from that title. Um, better safe than sorry. So I came came up with a better safe than sober, and it turned into a lyric. Uh, but once again, it, it was that whole feeling of that. Let's let's you know. Let's have some fun now and right. forget about the boring stuff. <laughs> right on, man. Well, dude, obviously with, with any record that you release, there's there's always some thought or plan to get out there and get it on the road and take it to the people. What are your touring plans for um, Grand Explotivos? We, uh, we have been touring in Sweden during the summer, but then, then we have a short break soon, and then we're going to do start doing the shows after the album is out, which will be, it's coming out in the middle of September, but the shows will be in October, I think, November. Okay. And then uh, our, our booking agent is uh, obviously looking at going outside of Sweden. Okay, excellent. But I don't have anything yet to sure. to tell, So, but there's, there's a lot of work going into that. Sure, and and a big part of that these days is the ridiculous cost of everything to get out of, to to go and tour. I mean, from from everything that I'm hearing, touring anywhere in Europe and certainly here is crazy expensive now. No, yeah, yeah, and just the uh, working permits to go to America, like per per person, is mm-hmm. is really really expensive. So if if we were we would love to do that, of course. But if if that was going to happen, then it would be have to be like a really serious right. setup with lots of gigs and and good you know money coming in. So it it would be made possible. Right on. Well, I, I did want to ask you one question. It has nothing to do with your band, but because you know at least one of the players, I figure you might have a thought on it. Uh, I don't know if you even saw this, but fairly recently, maybe two, three months ago, uh, Michael Monroe met up with Vince Neal for the first time after their obvious unfortunate incident in the 80s. As somebody that knew Michael, are you A, surprised that he would ever meet with Vince? Or or, or what, what are your thoughts about that, that they would that they would come together and I'm sure they're not like, okay, well let's, let's have dinner together. But to me, it was very interesting to see Michael and Vince meet after, you know, their history is obviously so tainted. Yeah. I have, I have never thought about before what, what would happen if should they meet? Because I, I never thought they would meet basically, right. but, uh, but I was, uh, it was a pleasant surprise to see because I saw that, obviously as well and uh i think that's good sure i mean i i know michael a little bit i'm sure you know him much better than me you know is he is he the kind of person that is forgiving or (laughs) or does that make it more of the surprise that he that he was willing to it's difficult to say but that whole thing was was such a tragedy Mm -hmm. and i mean I think it's hard to move on from something like that for for anybody and <clears throat> but you know uh, anyway he he seems to to have have done that now so yeah. that's that's I mean that's good for everybody 
Absolutely, it is it's good for Michael. It's good for Vince, I'm sure. Sure, absolutely. It's yeah, and it, it it's so it's bad when it happens to anybody. It's certainly worse when it happens and you're in the biggest band in the world, as Vince was at the time. You know, because then everybody has an opinion, and you know, and I, there's probably no no ever personal grieving that you can do because you get peppered with it. You know, Vince probably still gets peppered with questions about it. What was it forty years ago now? You know, it's like, whew. but yeah, yeah it, it just I, I was just curious because I knew you knew Michael and you were obviously in Hanoi Rocks for a minute. So, um, well, good man. Well, well, dude, I've, I'll tell you what, man. I I can't sing enough praises to this record, Grand Explotivos. It is out on September fifteenth. I I definitely want to tell everybody to buy it. Don't just stream it. It's okay if you stream it to get a feel, but buy it. For God's sakes, go out there and buy it. And, and Connie, where should we tell people to go to buy it and to keep up with you and tour dates and all that stuff? Did you say where people can find it? Yes. Uh, people, mm-hmm. Well, I guess we have the we have the uh, electricboys.com, but then Facebook and Instagram, like like everyone else. Okay. Excellent. Well, uh, well, great. Well, Connie, let's wrap this one up with um, the video for I've Got a Feeling. Um, great song. Another great song. Um, what can you tell us about this one? Um, I think we we decided to put that out as the first single because it was uh, had a really summer, nice summer vibe. And at that time, it was when people really wanted the song, especially over here. Right. Where you are, you probably have uh, like more sun over the over the <laughs> right <laughs> than we do. So I mean, it, it just felt like that's where everybody wanted to go, and and it was nice because it had a lot of the uh, footage from from Palma where we where we recorded the album, and from Miami, from the Monsters of Rock Cruise, uh, and all that. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's it was the first single, and the the third one's coming uh, on the second of September, I think. Okay, very good. Which is gonna be when life treats you funky. So we just did a video for that as well. Excellent. Well, one more time, the album Grand Explotivos. There it is, right there. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're looking to buy, people. Not stream. Buy. I, I can't say that enough. And um and Connie, um as always, man. Thanks for uh, jumping on on Chris Aker Presents. Thanks for having me, man.